Hello and welcome to Connected, a podcast about people, ideas, marketing, technology and everything that's good. I'm ASD, a digital man here at Mediacom. Hi, I'm Sue Uniman, Chief Transformation Officer at Mediacom UK. And joining us over the airwaves is Anoush. How are you doing, Anoush? Good, Andrew. Good, Sue. Uh, it's awesome being uh, on this podcast. I've heard uh, a lot of the the other ones that you guys uh, did, and, and I'm honored and excited to be on uh, wow. this podcast. We've wanted to have you as a guest uh, for a long time. So Anoush Prabhu is the Managing Partner and Chief Strategy Officer of Mediacom US. So, um, you didn't start out in a strictly speaking in a media agency. You you had your early years were more in CRM. How would you say that's helped you in the role that you've got now? Yeah, I actually got into uh, into the industry through data and analytics in in uh, creative or integrated agencies in the U.S. and. Uh, and as a data guy, I was always interested in how data can help us connect with consumers in a stronger or better way, uh, whether it be, uh, you know, in a more effective way for brands or, uh, you know, connecting through ways where we kind of figure out what the needs of consumers are. Interestingly, uh, what is CRM back then uh, today is possible with mass media. Uh, in that mass has become one-to-one, in that what were CRM channels back there used to be like either direct mail or it used to be, uh, you know, through email. Today, everything that that was possible, you know, 15 years ago is possible even through television or through, uh, you know, your uh, digital media or even through mobile phones or any of the media that we we can think about. Uh, data is now collided together, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I and I think a lot of the the fundamentals that were true back then are true now. Uh, in that back then, direct marketing and CRM, uh, the training I got was all about testing and learning, figuring out you know through data what works, what doesn't work, and those are things that are very critical in today's environment uh, if we want to be more effective for brands. So is that it's taught you a behavior of constantly uh, being aware of change and being ahead of change and testing and learning? Is is that what it's taught you? Yeah, that's one of the things uh, definitely that it has taught me uh, is this uh, discipline of testing and learning. Uh, the other thing I would say is is CRM or direct marketing back then was always connected to business in a strong way. Uh, so we had to prove out whether it is working or not. We had to prove out if it was effective in driving growth, in driving the business. And and uh, that has become critical in today's environment as our brands and as our clients' businesses are being disrupted uh, in every category. We have to figure out ways and nuances to really drive growth, connecting to the business, seeing how what communication works better than others, so I would say that, that is the fu- those are the fundamentals, uh, apart from testing and learning, is your connectivity to the business uh, that CRM and direct marketing really instilled in me. Brilliant. Well, you, you've seen how data has changed and how the use of data has changed over uh, a fair few years. So what do you think of the common misconceptions that people have got about data today? Uh, that's, a, that's a good question. I, I can give you a few. Uh, but um, I think the 
if if I were to think about the biggest misconception in my view, it is uh, the fact that uh, data will lead us to a vision. That once we build a system with data, once we have a strong database uh, that is connected to all these data parts and we have access to all the data, once we mine it, uh, dig into it, we'll suddenly have the answer uh, and it'll lead us to the vision that will drive profitability and growth. But I actually believe it's the other way around in that you need to have a vision uh, that will then, uh, you know, be activated through data. Like Apple had a vision, Amazon had a vision, Facebook had a vision. They then used that vision to bring it to life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mo- the most common mistake I see is that we tend to be doing it the other way around uh, instead of looking to have a hypothesis and then going about testing that hypothesis uh, with data. Yeah, the data so- won't answer the question by itself, will it? We have to find the right questions to ask. Yeah, and 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 I I will say this that that most of what we do in our in our industry is uh, we seek answers, uh, uh, and it's better to seek answers to growth than to discover growth by accident. Uh, and and I think that if you have if you let data lead you to a vision, uh, that you'll be looking to always discover versus seek the answer. Mm. If that makes sense. No, 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 no it really does. Um, now. This has been a much discussed um, question, really, because it's very clear and it's it's it, you know it's very black and white to me. You know who, who owns the data? The client owns it, their own data. What's yeah. our role as MediaCom to help them discover answers, though, from from their data? Listen, I, I believe that media companies have always not been amazing at uh, finding insights. And, and that's one of the things that is changing rapidly in today's environment, especially at MediaCom, uh, where we have kind of gotten to understand uh, as a system what we really need uh, to deliver growth. And that is like data-driven insights. But that said, like if, if, I, if I think about the roles uh, that we usually play when it comes to data, uh, I almost see it as like uh, three different roles. One is, uh, you know, clients come to us to actually create, uh, you know, a, a data strategy and approach uh, when it comes to using data. And, and uh, we play a lot in terms of, especially if the smaller clients uh, or mid-sized clients that need help uh, with a data strategy. Sometimes with the bigger clients, we act as consultants. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they are asking for our help in helping build the best mousetrap they can with data. Uh, But more importantly, what I'm seeing commonly now more and more is that we act as connectors uh, and not just creators and consultants in that as uh, a media company, uh, we now have access and are connected to all our publishers that have invested heavily in data. And each of those publishers bring a different kind of a data set with different insights that we can then plug into our and the client's ecosystems to actually make it stronger uh, and complement their data. And I feel that is a role we we tend to play more often than not uh, with with many of our clients here in the U.S. That's really interesting. Um, 
But there's a lot of different people listening um, across all levels, across all different type, types of jobs. We hope across the world. Oh, across the world, yeah. Um, so yeah. what are the most important skills you think that we need to be working on now to build a future in strategy? Uh, you know, I, I could say that uh, the skills you need to master from a, from a strategy perspective is that you need to understand and play with data or technology. Uh, but I actually think the most important uh, skill today and tomorrow in strategy is to be a good seeker. Uh, a good strategist is a seeker of answers and not a discoverer, as I was saying before, uh, in, in terms of seeking and discovering, uh, you know, seeking answers to how a brand can grow uh, and not ju just discovering it by chance. And, and that seeking requires a discipline and practice. Uh, when you're seeking, you have to have an idea or shape or form of what you're looking for. Uh, in discovering, you have no idea. Uh, so I feel like seeking always starts with a hypothesis and, and a strategist needs to be good at, at developing those hypotheses and get better at being right uh, with those hypotheses uh, by connecting themselves to everything that is going on, whether it be data or culture uh, or the company and category. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, a, a strategist needs to be a good seeker, I feel. Good seeker. Good seeker. <laughs> so you're Chief Strategy Officer um, of uh, Mediacom US. You're speaking to us today from sunny LA, did you say? You're not in New York. That is correct. Sunny, sunny. sunny LA. Supposedly sunny LA, but if I look outside right now, it's pretty cloudy. Oh, is it? <laughs> it's, it's actually beautifully sunny in London. How, how strange. <laughs> um, what, but what's next for you? Uh, what is next for me? Um, I, I think uh, what we are trying to do here at Mediacom is, is almost uh, uh, help build the agency of the future. Uh, I believe we are at this weird inflection point uh, where, uh, you know, you need to kind of bring together creativity, data, and technology. And we have a unique approach and culture at Mediacom that makes us right to deliver on it. So we've been speaking a lot about this year being uh, the year of big swings uh, here at Mediacom in the U.S. Uh, big swings in terms of the talent we bring in, big swings in terms of uh, how we develop solutions that are disparate solutions for our clients uh, that really transform, uh, you know, their system versus the system of the category to deliver an unfair share of growth. So as we think about those things, we are really thinking about how do we deliver big swings? How do we bring in talent uh, that may be, you know, unique to a media agency today? Uh, and, and it might al almost question why are we bringing someone like that? Uh, like, for example, a creative technologist uh, uh -huh. who thinks of ideas from a creative perspective, uh, but is very connected to technology. Those are the kinds of talents we are, we are kind of trying to bring in. Uh, so to me, it's like we are we're we're building the blocks of what will be the agency of the future tomorrow, and and that's what excites me most. <laughs> that's really interesting. Uh, one to the regular questions now. We ask all our guests so we can compare and contrast. So what what's your favorite line from a poem, song, or book? Uh, I actually had to, I, I, I thought a little bit about this, um, and I, and I think uh, my favorite line would be uh, this line from The Alchemist, um, 
uh, by Paolo Coelho, uh, where he basically writes that it's a possibility of having a dream come true that makes life interesting. Uh, and I think that resonates to me uh, from various perspectives, uh, because the possibility of having dream come true has so much resonance when we deal with our clients. When we walk into a new business meeting or when we walk into a meeting with our current clients, most of them have hopes and dreams and goals and objectives. And part of our job is to make sure uh, that we can deliver on those homes and, uh, hopes and dreams and objectives uh, in, a, in a smart way using our data. And, and that's true even in life uh, because uh, it, it, all, it, it is all about uh, you know, dreams coming true that makes life interesting. So I, I would say that that is my uh, favorite quote. Okay, that's very really interesting. Um, okay, now to a question that hopefully will uh, uh, unveil your your inner your inner dreams, hmm. um, Anush. If you were a genie, what five commonly available objects would I have to put in a magic circle to summon you? <laughs> and it would be you quite know, useful because I could get you here now and then, and then, and then the sound might be a bit better. But yeah. You know, the, I, I could think about objects, but uh, I'm very much, uh, you know, uh, a person uh, that is driven by smiles and hugs and, and good food and some ice cream and laughs. Okay. So, so those would be the things that I would look for. Uh, so a that's smile, how you a laugh. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of ice, ice cream? cream? I'm going to probe you now. Yeah, I used to have uh, like a pint of ice cream every night. Uh, oh, once a pint of time. ice cream. And, and what, go on, your favorite ice cream? Uh, you know, I like it, ice creams that are not, uh, there shouldn't be any interruptive experience in the ice cream. So I like well, to be, <laughs> whether it's a strawberry or chocolate, I don't like almonds in my ice cream or nuts in my ice cream. I'm a I'm a purist when it You're comes a to the taste. <laughs> so if yeah. I was if I was to pick your favorite, you can give me a brand or your fa or your favorite ice cream shop that I can go to. They've got some great ice cream shops in New York, haven't they? I, I went to um, last time we were there. We even though it was quite cold, we went to is it Morgan Stones? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Do you good. know that? That was like a, yeah. oh, oh it's beautiful. It's beautiful ice cream. <laughs> yeah, What's your favorite? Well, I, I, my favorite ice cream shop actually makes gelato, but uh, it's this place called Laboratorio del Gelato. Right. Uh, and uh, they 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 make about I, I think about 150 flavors of ice cream at any time, um, and and you can actually pre-order flavors that are, that they don't keep, and and it's just magical. Wow. Where's <laughs> where is this ice cream shop? Uh, it's, uh, it's on, I believe it's on Delancey Street. It, it's, uh, it's in Soho in Manhattan. Okay. And so if I was to, I know I'm probing you on this, but I'm trying to pin you down here. If I was yeah. to go in and order a pint of ice cream to summon you, yeah. what, what flavor yeah. would I go for? Um, maybe, uh, something with caramel on it. Um, maybe a dolce de leche or, okay. uh, oh, yeah. all right. Good. Okay, yeah. so I've got a smile, I've got a hug, I've got a pint of Dolce de Leche <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> Favorite food? Give me, give me. Favorite something. food? Well, I, I, I love all kinds of food, uh, but, but I also love cooking food. So, uh, the, my favorite food actually is, uh, it, I, I love French food. I, I love making French food. I, I love food that involves a lot of time to make, uh, and, and, uh, and that, that kind of transforms the ingredient into something. So, I, I, 
I don't have a favorite food, but I, I would say that if, if there is something that I love to cook, it's French food. <laughs> okay. I'm really struggling to pin you down. Normally, yeah. normally I get it's much easier than this. Okay, general oh, yeah. food, maybe an answer. You get an answer of what exactly the favorite food is. Like, sure, yeah. <laughs> Just for today. Yeah. Just an answer for today. If, if Just I was for to... today. Uh, I would say there's a there's a street food in India uh, huh. called dahi batata puri, which basically dahi is yogurt. Uh, Batata is potatoes, and puri is almost this cracker-like thing um, that uh, that you get in the streets in India. That's spicy and, and tasty, and uh, uh, that 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 would be my favorite okay. pick. That's great. <laughs> I, that, I'm afraid that's just four that's things. Sure. I need one more. Have you got a favorite um, team that you follow in sports, for example? No, I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not a big sports guy. Uh, did I only give you? Did yeah, I only you give... only give me four? I think. Need one more. Let me give you four. Uh, why don't you add, uh, you know, a, a good car in there? Uh, I like. Okay. Drive. What car can I? What car would you like? Uh, maybe a, a Porsche. Okay. Done. Yeah. Done. 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 <laughs> and is there a book that you've given away or recommended the most? Uh, you know that the, there are books that I recommend uh, a lot these days, but but I would say the the book that I recommend the most uh, in my life uh, are the set of comic books uh, called Asterix and Obelix. Uh, well, we know them well. Very familiar. Yes. So I grew up with them in India, and, and I will say that I still, once in a while, uh, I'll, I'll pick up a few and, and, and read them. Comfort uh, reading. I know exactly what yeah. you mean. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a favorite Asterix and Obelix adventure? Because I've probably read them all as well, so go for it. I I don't know whether I have a favorite again, like, <laughs> but but maybe uh, if if I the the first thing that comes to my mind is uh, asteroids in the magic cauldron. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. Love that. Good. <laughs> since, um, since you guys are looking to pin me down. Yeah, I'm looking definitely looking to pin you down. As I am <laughs> with this question as well, which is if you could change the industry in one way right now, what would what would it be? What would you do? Hmm. Um, I think the industry has gotten a lot more focused on uh, the tap uh, that the water flows through versus the water itself in, in uh, that we, we, we seem to be a lot more focused and, and have become masters of data, masters of technology. Uh, and, and, I, and I don't mean just the media industry, overall media and, and creative agencies as well. Uh, we seem to be uh, losing our mastery of human connections. Uh, human insight. Yeah, human insights yeah. and how do we tap into it? Uh, we I, need I couldn't spend... agree more. You need empathy with the customer, right? Um, yeah. I was I was actually I was actually ranting about this in a meeting recently, which is that ideas are one thing and data insights are another thing, but you need to have real empathy with with your your the the, the actual buyer of the product, and that's another yeah. thing again, right? And we are seeing this uh, time and time again. We, we did this study about a year and a half ago uh, where we found that brands that are essential today in people's day-to-day -day lives are the brands that are more loved and growing. And in order to be essential, you have to tap into a deeper human need. Uh, and I think a lot of brands that are not doing that, uh, are, are you see them going down uh, in terms of growth. 
And then, if we were to give you a billboard, where would you put it, and what would it say? Uh, uh, I would put it up in the sky. I I, I need one of those, uh, you know, those air, whatever the 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 clouds of the yeah. What's that? The blimps. Yeah. Yeah, the blimps are the the signs that the airplanes leave up in the sky. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I I want one of those, and and uh, what my my favorite is especially for the last five years as I've grown older, uh, the saying that I, I I really take to heart is is uh, is that everything you seek is on the other side of fear. Uh, so I've been taking up things that actually make me scared. Uh, five years ago, I started skiing for the first time in my life, uh, and at this age, learning something new. Uh, is not uh, it is about conquering that fear yeah. uh, we, my wife and I started learning salsa lessons or you know so we're always trying to kind of and and I would say that this is very true of everything in our lives there is this fear that we have uh, or there is a there's a hesitation that we have and then once we kind of cross that path uh, it becomes a lot easier and, and we realize we were scared of something that we shouldn't have been so okay, I'm so we, that we, can, we can put you in the sky. That's great. You're the first person that's asked for yeah. that, actually. So it's good enough. <laughs> uh, Anush, the last question you cannot prepare for. It comes from the box of questions, a toolkit for a career. And we're actually running low. So we've got three cards here face down. Uh, if you could choose one, two, or three, Sue will read it out to you. Uh, yeah. And if you could answer it. So one, two, sure. or three. Let me pick three. That's three. That's three. Okay. Okay, here's what the card says. Insofar as I envy my partner's working life, it's because... Uh, so my partner, uh, just to, to kind of uh, give you a little bit of context before I finish that sentence, uh, she, my wife, used to be uh, in healthcare for 17 years. Uh, she was a physical therapist managing... Uh, managing, uh, you know, these rehab facilities and, and rehab centers. Uh, and last year, she made this really bold move where she gave up uh, her uh, career and she was doing pretty well in it. And she started a fashion business. Um, wow. She started this company called Le Zazu, which essentially brings uh, fashion designers, emerging fashion designers and, and uh you know, game changes from Asia into the U.S. Um, and and it's and she looks to kind of create uh, a movement for you know people who are raising their hands in many ways for color um, by by bringing more colorful uh, elements and colorful thoughts into the e equation. So so to me uh, to complete that thought of the sentence, uh, I'm envious because of her. Uh, balls <laughs> because of her guts uh, to yeah. do that move uh, because it's not an easy move to kind of give up everything that makes you feel safe and comfortable while it's going great yeah. to say you know what let me try something different that's so cool that's a good that's, that's, really that's good. very good thank you so much oh thank you so much this was fabulous uh, and fun <laughs> have a good day brilliant thank you Bye. Andrew. bye bye